So welcome back to the Wellbeing Nutritionist podcast. It's almost the end of January now and I'm starting to feel like it's going to be spring soon and I'm not trying to like look forward to it so much that I'm saying that I don't want to enjoy the days that are now but yeah I do really like spring so I am looking forward to that. So today we're going to talk about something that is really really normal uh, although a lot of us don't take much notice of it and that is learning to work with our menstrual cycles rather than against them. So most people have been taught maybe in school or by other people about like managing our menstrual cycle and we just kind of get taught that it's just something that happens. I can remember when I got taught about it, it was like, well, everyone goes through it. So you just kind of like grin and bear it and just act normal throughout the whole of the cycle. Like you should just be acting the same because we all go through it and yeah, we just deal with it. And that's kind of like how I was taught. But now I've come to realize that it's not, it's a whole cycle and it's that the full cycle generally has like different stages to it and at these different stages in time of course we're going to feel different our body is different our hormones are different our metabolism is actually different at different times of the month as ladies so yeah I'm going to talk about that and how we can learn to work with that in terms of our activity in terms of our eating in terms of our self-care and in terms of our relaxation as well so yeah that is what we are gonna talk about Hello and welcome to the Wellbeing Nutritionist podcast brought to you by me Sarah Weaver registered nutritionist with a passion for all things to do with how psychology and mindset affects all things related to eating and wellness. So I wanted to do a quick episode on how we can learn to manage our cycles and how we can manage to lean into our monthly cycles as women and use them to our advantage instead of always trying to fight against them. So education about menstruation has been really limited. I can remember in school and what I learned about was that there's really only two kind of parts to it. One was when you're menstruating, when you're bleeding, and the next part of it was either when you weren't or when you were premenstrual, when it was leading up to it, and everyone just said, well, you're moody, you're hungry, and no one wants to talk to you because you're so hormonal that, yeah, no one wants to talk to you. So basically, that's what I was taught, and only till recently, really, when I started to look more into the cycles and how they can affect us in general I've really used it to my own advantage so I wanted to share this with you so I'll just start firstly with just some basic information which probably most people know about but it's always it's always good to remind ourselves of what is considered as a normal and what maybe isn't so A normal monthly cycle is around 21 to around 40 days long. So it can vary from person to person. So that's a huge difference, isn't it, between people 
between the 21 and 40 days. So that would be the whole cycle that we're talking about here. Menstruation is the first part of the cycle and we call day one the first day of the menstrual bleed. So that's day one. And that can last for between three and seven days, depending on the individual. An average cycle lasts around 28 days. So if we talk about a 28-day cycle, then usually ovulation would happen around day 14. So we have first our menstruation part of the cycle, leading up to the follicular phase, which is when the body gets ready to release an egg. And then we go into the ovulation phase. And then following on from ovulation phase, usually around about day 16, 17, we go into our luteal phase. So those are the four parts to it, the four phases to the cycle. And obviously this is going to be different for from person to person, depending on the length of your individual cycle. So the menstrual phase, as we talked about, that's known as your period. And Usually the hormones that are present at this time are a little bit of estrogen and a little bit of progesterone, but these have really, really dropped at this time. And also a release of prostaglandins as well, which is another type of hormone. Estrogen and progesterone cause the lining of the uterus to shed and that's what causes your period. Usually we feel a bit groggy, don't we? And uh, we start to slow down. We feel like we want to rest. We want to be gentle. Sometimes you might have cramping. Sometimes you might get other symptoms. Sometimes people might feel a bit sickly or feel as though they just need to sleep. So this is usually from kind of like day one, day two, day three, until we start releasing more estrogen again. So yeah, I... Always believe at this time, being gentle with yourself and not planning too much for for these days and get that rest. So it's usually just from like day one to day three. Then we have the second part, which is the follicular follicular phase, (laughs) the follicular phase. And during this time, it's usually from day eight to between day eight and day 14. So it's after menstruation and it's when our estrogen starts to increase again. So we start to feel that bit better. It's called the follicular phase because it's when the follicles in the ovary are starting to develop ready for ovulation. And the hormones that are released during this time are what makes us feel our very best. So you'll be feeling your best, you'll have the most confidence, you'll have the most energy, you'll have the most drive. And it's a great time now to push yourself uh, during like a gym class or push yourself during a walk or a run or do a personal best in the gym. So it's a good time for all of the intensive exercise during this time because it's when we are feeling our best. It's when we have got the most energy. Then we have the next phase, phase three, which is ovulation. It's roughly around day 14 to 21, depending on the length of your cycle. So this is when we ovulate. So an egg is released from the ovary. This is when our luteinizing hormone and estrogen are at their peak. So this is when they're really at the peak and that's what stimulates an egg to be released. After the egg's released, these two hormones start to dip 
and progesterone starts to rise. So you might feel awake and alert. You might have more of a libido at this time. You might have an increased appetite. You might feel like you want to go out and party and socialize. And this is the time when the body is at its fertile point. So if you are trying to conceive, ovulation is when we are fertile within the month. So from the, from this day and the egg is fertile for around about 24 hours so that doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant leading up to ovulation or slightly after because you can so if you're natural cycling just be aware of that the next part of the cycle and the last part of our cycle is our luteal phase and this is generally from days kind of 22 to 28 or 20 20 to 28 on a normal cycle, a normal average cycle. So if a pregnancy hasn't occurred, then you will enter this fourth phase, otherwise known as the premenstrual phase. This is when the body produces progesterone and levels of follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone drop. This is when people would typically feel the effect of PMS symptoms. So you might experience headaches, you might experience bloating, breast pain, anxiety, low mood, a short temper, you might feel like heightened emotionally at this time, you might feel like your energy has just sunk. Usually during this time I feel like I just want to kind of cocoon myself and just kind of lock myself away and everything feels a bit lifeless during this time so in terms of exercise this is a time for more gentle and restorative forms of exercise such as yoga pilates um, lots of journaling self-care being in nature meditating and things like that so in terms of our exercise this is a perfect time of the month for those type of exercises. I wouldn't want to be pushing myself in the gym during this time because we're only going to be going against what is naturally happening in our bodies and with our hormones. So this is usually why some women really struggle when they're really trying to push themselves throughout the whole month and then they don't they're not aware that actually because things have really slowed down um, because our hormones are kicking in and because we're not feeling that energy that we did have in the first part of the cycle, we beat ourselves up for it and say, well, why couldn't I do that? And we get really cross with ourselves or it just makes us feel unwell and we just aren't able to do what we could do in the latter part of the month, the cycle, I should say. When we're thinking about our metabolism as well, it's a known fact that our metabolism and our BMR, basal metabolic rate, actually is heightened at this point. So in the last phase of our cycle, our calorie intake can be increased because our metabolism and our basal metabolic rate is increased slightly by around about 100 to 200 calories due to our body temperature our core body temperature rising slightly so we're burning more calories than in the first part of the month where we don't burn as many so actually if you do feel like having that little treat in the second half of the month it probably won't make as much difference if you're trying to lose weight as it would if it was in the first part of the month however we might be doing less exercise so it kind of like balances itself out really 
A good thing to do is to track your cycles. This is because our hormones can fluctuate so much and we don't always fall within those those day ranges that I've mentioned during a whole cycle to begin with. We can use like a tracker and track this so we can track exactly what we're feeling, exactly what how we're feeling in our bodies, exactly how we're feeling in our minds, exactly how we're feeling emotionally. Then understand what's going on in your body so much better you're able to really just work with it you're able to really just go with it you're able to rest when you need to rest you're able to push yourself when you know you can push yourself that little bit more if you do feel emotions starting to heighten you do feel yourself getting a shorter temper you know that that's going to be happening you can expect it and you can then either do some sort of um, mindfulness or a meditation or more of that during that time to balance yourself, ground yourself and balance those emotions so that it isn't as powerful or it isn't as disruptive as if you weren't aware of it. So once we become aware of it, we can prepare for it. We know it's going to happen and we can mindfully be aware of our actions and our responses instead of just reacting. So once we know about it, we can be aware, we can set things up, we can have strategies, we can have things that we do. So like the meditation, it might be taking a hot bath, it might be just taking yourself away, going for a walk and knowing that actually at this moment in time, I might be a bit more sensitive, I might be a bit more reactive, but what am I going to do if I do become like that? So I'm going to take myself away, I'm going to do my mindful breathing, I'm going to use my mindfulness, I'm going to meditate more or whatever works for you. So just knowing how to work with your cycle. I mean, thinking about eating, we can crave certain foods more during that second half of the cycle. So usually during that luteal phase when we are said to be pre-menstrual, so before the menstrual cycle starts. And that's because we are having that dip in our hormones. So we do feel worse. Everything seems to feel worse. And that is a time when our emotional eating triggers might be pressed and we might binge or we might really really crave something and that's usually because we're searching for that dopamine burst so once we're aware of that we can then seek out dopamine in other ways so think about what it is that you really enjoy it doesn't have to be food it can be something else that gives you that really feel good factor so does a bath do that for you does a walk do that for you does hugging your kids do that for you what else does that for you what else gives you that big burst of dopamine or or feel good what makes you feel really good so if you are thinking well I'm not really sure food seems to be the only thing that I can think about that would make me actually feel that good I would ask you to question that and write it down and journal it and try to discover what else really lights you up what else gives you that pleasurable feeling that food does so it's trying to find out what that is and there's always something in this life we've just got to search for it that bit more we can always become so easily distracted by making up excuses to say well there's nothing else that I really like apart from food food's the only thing but I would then challenge you to dig deeper and find out what it is 
It might be reading. It might be playing a game. It might be talking to someone. It might be knitting. It might be sewing. It might be anything. It might be doing artwork. Get creative in the second half of the cycle and really enjoy it and get immersed within that. We can use that in order to not only distract ourselves from emotional eating triggers, but also to give us what we need within that moment. So we can also start to ask ourselves, well, what is it that I need in this moment? Do I need to feel comforted? Do I need to feel less anxious? Do I need to feel relaxed? So what can I do in order to fulfill the thing that I need right now? And we can start to really question that. So I hope you found this information helpful. If you'd like any more information about this, then please just reach out to me. Reach out to me on Instagram at The Wellbeing Nutritionist. I would love to hear from you. And you can also access my ebook, which is available on my Instagram page, Breaking Up With Your Diet and Healing Your Relationship With Food. And I also have some free affirmation cards on there as well. You've reached the end of today's episode of the Wellbeing Nutritionist podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you have enjoyed the content today, please follow my socials at the Wellbeing Nutritionist. And if you feel drawn to, please do leave me a review as it helps to find more listeners. So I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye.